from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict episode 518. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet Trade and the Canalea Pen Co. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Are you, uh, Mike? Is is that you? Are we oh, sure boy. this is you? Who are I? I don't know. Like, can you confirm? Like, what what kind of ask you? Oh, what's your favorite pen? Uh, I don't know. Uh-oh. I'm a different man than the last time <laughs> I was on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in a good shape right now. I'm back at home. Uh, I was away. I was in uh, California, uh, but have been hidden away for catching coronavirus. So I mm-hmm. went out to California for an Apple event, and I didn't get to attend the Apple event, in case people aren't familiar with the whole Mike Law I've been tweeting about this a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I was going out for WWDC, but on the day that I arrived, which was the Saturday uh, before, uh, I tested positive for COVID on arrival. Really would have loved to have tested positive before I left because I mm. cannot claim the flights back on travel insurance now, which hurts mm. so bad because those flights, Brad, were so I, expensive because I yeah. booked them at last minute. Yeah, it was um, a. this was a thing that... This wasn't a six months out planning. This was like this is a week. Yeah, like really, really came up quick. Yeah, because you had an opportunity. Uh, you had an opportunity, and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do this. Yeah. So uh, I spent a, oh, I spent about nine days in hotels uh, in San Jose and, and San Francisco. Um, then and Dallas. Well, yes. Then I was supposed <laughs> to fly home. Then we missed a flight connection because we had a delayed plane, so I ended up spending a day in Dallas, which is why this episode is coming out on Thursday rather than Wednesday. Mm. So I got home yesterday. Uh, I'm negative for COVID now. I I tested negative for the first time uh, Mm, upon traveling home. Um. I don't know if that's going to stick, though. I'm not sure, right? This is very strange. Like, I've had people telling me that it's possible to continue testing positive for months. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's be clear. You you got physically sick. You weren't one that tested positive and had no I have symptoms. Been very, very unwell, yeah. I've, yeah. I've been in a pretty bad state, as you can probably hear. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not over it at all. Um, I've had very strange symptoms. I've kind of run the gamut from, like, confusion to nausea, to uh, lethargy, sore throat, headaches, everything. It's, this has been been pretty rough on me. Yep. Um, so I'm still trying to come back to normal. I think now jet lag and COVID, <laughs> they are, they're, they're, they're really wreaking havoc on me today. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I really but appreciate you doing this. You, sh- you certainly uh, didn't have to do this. And I know. I, I know you, you probably at one part wanted to just get back to a little bit of normalcy, yes. even if it's still feeling crappy. Yeah, because I've had probably no. I've had one of the worst weeks of my life this past week. Mm-hmm. I want to move on from it, <laughs> and gotcha. that means getting <laughs> trying to get back to some kind of normal uh, recording schedule. So I am very happy yep. to be here with you today, and I would like to, as always, extend thanks to you and uh, get your guest April. I oh adored last week's episode. Oh my god, how, I loved it! How great is she? April is the best. Uh, it was such a good episode, so yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was fascinating. I loved an episode of The Pen Addict that barely spoke about pens. I mean, come on. Yep. When does that happen? Yep. So I had to like work that in late. Yeah. I was like, by the way, Do we haven't even pens? spoken about pens. <laughs> 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 I remember that specifically. I was like, oh, I should probably ask this at some point. It was like 45 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, it was such a great episode. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get to meet her hopefully in, in person in San Francisco when I go in a couple months. Or Let really me tell s- you right now, I'm starting to get jealous about the idea of the San Francisco pen show. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be cool. Yep. It's going to be cool. So I, I, really, really I want to go, but we have, uh, me and Adina have made a promise that we are not traveling until September now. <laughs> you've been through a lot like yeah. i wouldn't be anxious either especially that's a that's a long trip for you yeah. like three, it's long it's, it's long months. for me but it's we're nothing. not going anywhere for three months that's the, mm-hmm. the, the, the plan that we have made because yep. we're also trying to sell our house and move house like that's all been a whole oh, thing gotcha so you like, didn't that's been like this. a whole thing we've been trying to deal with too while we were eight hours removed from our home time zone oh good grief oh, good yeah well man you really need to re-listen to the podcast again with April and figure out which travel journal you need uh, so you're yeah. covered on, on all your travels uh, next time. I know. 
Yeah, she will hook you up. Um, Schedule related, Mike, do you want to cover what's happening the next uh, week or two? Do you think, how much do you think I can do that? All right, I'm going to try. That's why I put it on you. See, that's why I led, so Uh I didn't have to speak about it. All right, so next week, (laughs) there will not be an episode published. We are recording next week on the 22nd, recording live as always, but it's coming out on the 29th. You may say, why are you doing that? And I will say, because June was supposed to look very different for both of us. Mm -hmm. I was not supposed to be traveling two weeks ago. I was supposed to be on vacation this week. Everything got moved around. We made commitments to our sponsors that there would be an episode on the 29th. So we're recording on the 22nd, releasing on the 29th. Yeah. Basically, both Mike and I had vacations planned for June. So we were going to take an actual week off, which we rarely do, except Mm -hmm. at the end of the year. So we were going to take a summer summer week off, and then it kind of got thrown for a loop. So we're still doing it. It's just a little bit uh, more convoluted now. Yeah. So if you want to listen the first live episode next week. we have missed in a really, really long time because of episode yeah. f- uh, 500. Yeah. Uh, should be, what, year and a half at least, yeah. right, I think? I don't yeah. think we've missed an so episode since December of 20. Should be December 2020. I don't even, th- but I don't think we skipped in 2020. Oh, yeah, we had that whole chart. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't think we've done that for years now. Yeah, neither of us are built to to skip our schedule. Like, this is what mm-hmm. we do. At least that's the way I feel, and I think mm-hmm. you feel the same way about all your shows and things. Like, well, this today, is what I, I do, and you, you are. So <laughs> I, I've talked to you. I did. I tried to leave you alone while you were gone because I know how bad it was going, but, man, I felt for you. I am, I'm so happy you're here today and happy to hear you laughing, even though I know you don't feel, like, super uh, well at all. I would say, like... I have never felt more appreciated by mm. by our, by our listeners. Well, we than, care about you. Than buddy. I have in we this past uh, past couple of weeks. Yeah, so. we really really care about you. So, um, so uh, let's stop talking about you and talk about pens. What do you mm. think? I have a big. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this, Mike. Okay, I am so excited. So. I'm going to talk, I'm going to have a lot of things for you in this episode that I'm not sure if you're up to speed on, right? Not up to speed. You can guarantee I'm not up to speed. (laughs) So since we haven't spoken to record a show in two weeks, there's been some things, some product drops and things that I want to talk about. Specifically, the first one I wanted to lead this show with was the Lamy Vista Fountain Pen Black Special Edition that was created by Lamy specifically for Goulet pens. Like, this is a store-exclusive Lamy. So, there's a lot to take in here, and it got me all kinds of excited. Can we talk about the pen itself first? Yeah, let's go ahead. So, I don't understand what's different about this. (laughs) It's a clear Lamy with black (laughs) furniture, right? Like, I feel like I've seen this pen before. Buddy, I have got you covered. I am way in on right. that. So if you're not familiar with the Lamy Vista, so the Lamy Safari and the Lamy Star are, they're kind of their two popular entry-level pens, right? That's the ones we talk about all the time because they're the most well-known, especially the Safari. You know, it's been around for 30-something years, 40 years, maybe more than that. And it's just this classic kind of, it's a little bit above a starter pen, but it's a lot of people's first fountain pen. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Safari is a solid ABS plastic colors, usually, you know, yellow, blue, red, like the full barrel. And then uh, the All Star or AL Star, I still don't know which one it is. And I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, the aluminum I barrel one. I think it's AL Star because it's aluminum. Yeah, I think right? so too. I think if it was all yeah. starts, it's both L's. Uh, Ink Dependence Mike will let me know. He's the one that keeps me on my toes between the All Star and the AL Sport from. But Vico, does he so. know though, or is he just guessing I, too? That's the he's thing. very adamant. <laughs> well, but I don't. I need. I need proof. If he's going to okay. come in here and say it's this, then he's got to prove it. Because okay, right? Because I would yep. say it's AL Star. He can tell yep. me it's All Star. But mm-hmm. what's where's the proof, you know? Until until it's proven, I'm just gonna say it's what I think it is. Yep, yep, exactly. So it's easier for me to say uh, all star, uh, just because that's an easier hey one now. to say. So yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, the aluminum barrel is also a solid color, right? So they have these two solid colors. Then they have a singular product called the Vista. That is the same shape and design of the Safari and the All Star, but it's just a fully clear barrel. So, yeah, like this, it is a Vista, Safari, right? It it's is a Safari. A safari. Yeah. It's just a clear Safari. It's yeah. a Safari demonstrator, but they yeah. call it the Vista, which is a great name for a pen 
like that, yeah. right? And this product has always existed just by itself, right? They, there weren't any manipulations to the Vista. Like you couldn't get it in different colors. You couldn't do whatever. Anything they wanted to do with the Vista, no, it was just this clear fountain pen. All right, so my whole thing with Lamy historically has been do something with the Vista. You have these solid colors in the Safari and the All-Star, and you have this clear Vista, and you've shown in other product lines, specifically a pen called the Lamy Balloon, that you can make translucent color barrels. And why don't they do that to the Vista, right? Give me a blue translucent Vista, red, mm. purple, whatever. It, like They make these plastics in other pens that that could go on the Vista, and they just never have. It's never been their thing. And on top of that, Lamy doesn't do a lot of store exclusives. They do a lot of region exclusives. You know, the, you've partaken in, in in the Asian market, right? Like in Japan and China, they're always doing this wild stuff that, that we always fawn over and really enjoy. But there's never like, hey, this is the North America edition, which I'm not saying they need that. I'm just saying that they just traditionally don't do that. So this is kind of a big deal that they chose to make a pin for a store mm-hmm. in the U.S., mm-hmm. And all the way back to your question, what is different about this pen? And it's almost nothing. And so I'm so angry. (laughs) I'm so happy and so angry. Like, I'm not in a middle ground at all on this pen. Like, so the difference is they use the black nib and the black clip and the black finial. Or the black finial may be the same. and But they use the black handled converter. And the the converter is black too, yeah. Yeah, literally... Their basic off-the-shelf parts that they already have for other things. Sure. They this is just this is a reassembly, right? This is not a creation. Yep. If that makes sense. So they stuck the black nib in it instead of the silver. They put the black nib on it. I mean, the black clip on it instead of the silver. They used the black converter instead of the red, and called it a special edition. Okay. Whatever. The nib is the nib is black, right? The nib is black. Yeah. Yeah. And normally it's not. So. Yep. But the, my takeaway is that they're thinking about it. Yeah. Like they're thinking about it, and that's what makes me happy. It's like they made something. They, they didn't even make this for North America. They made this for Goulet. Mm. And this is, while it's a pretty generic, you know, reassembly is what I'll call this pen, they thought about it, <laughs> right? And it's in our market or in the you know, in the U.S. market, which they've never done before, at least, at least not in my time. I'm sure there's probably historically they've done something somewhere for someone. Maybe it's a start. Maybe Lamy is considering doing something with the Vista lineup and even for their own inventory, just like a stock. I don't know why there's not stocks, translucent color Vistas on their Lamy store shelves right between the Safari and the All-Star. Like it's never made sense to me, and that's what I've been screaming for. So maybe they're thinking about it. I don't know. Like this doesn't this doesn't move the needle like technically, right? But the idea makes me at least think that they might be thinking about doing something. So I, I have no hopes. You know, Lamy is just a historic, you know, very staid company. You know, S T A I D. Like the they they just don't really do a lot of weird stuff, except in Asia for some reason. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but my um, I'm a little bit tempered on it too. It's something, right? It's I agree something. with you, like where they otherwise have done nothing. But then at the same time, something small at mm-hmm. Goulet doesn't mean anything because mm-hmm. it's still small and Goulet mm-hmm. is the biggest. Right. So if you're only going to do something small for the biggest... It's still not what we want, which is right. like we we want Lamy to do what Sailor does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone can have one. You just got to sell them, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yep. And, yep. Which isn't technically true, but it's how it feels. Yeah. And so it's, you know, like I'm sure, do, do Goulet do Sailor ex, uh, exclusives? Yes, they. Yeah. Ha- oh, I'm not even going to link you that. That's going to be a problem for you. So I'll keep talking and I'll let you go fidget around and find it. It's one of the Wait, coolest what ones I've Sailor seen in a while. Bespoke. That's their uh, so that's their high end lineup with okay. the the Arushi King of Pins and their. Uh, so what are you talking big about? Big nibs. I'm talking about a pro gear, a certain pro gear that they made recently. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you find it. Um, so yeah, back back to the Vista, and then you can just explode <laughs> when you see this. I, okay. It's it's, <laughs> it's like the needle moved like one percent over for me on this, but it moved right. It moved, yeah. so I'm at least. Uh, I'm not going to hold out hope, but come on, Lamy, you can do this. So, all right, I'm going to find this sailor for you. Um. I'm looking for it now. Don't you worry. I'm gonna find it. I, say, right. I will say this is good news if it means yeah. something. I think our issue is thinking that it probably won't mean anything. Well, and they've then, never done anything like this in the past. Yeah. Like, they just haven't. And um, to have them actually do this, even though it's a... It's, it's a build type of thing. It's like an off-the-shelf. Oh, you know, let's put Brad. the parts somewhere else. Is it else. the Northern you, Lights one? I don't know. What color is it? Purple. Yep. <laughs> That's a good-looking pen right there. That's, isn't it? Isn't it? That's a really so, good-looking pen. To completely hijack the show, Sailor North America is now now letting a lot of shops build store exclusives. Um, Hallelujah. In the U.S. market. It was very tempered for a while, and now just like the floodgates are open. I think Yoseka's might actually be mm, not better, but maybe it's more different than the Northern Lights. Like the Northern Lights is a stunner, right? That's one of the coolest ones you'll see. That looks like a mic pen. Yeah. Yoseka has one that just released, and they've released this is the Yoseka second one, and it's more in the lines of something different that I would like to see. So we can pull that up. I think it's called the Sen, S-E-N. I could be wrong. I don't have these. I was not prepared to discuss either of these pens today. Is this um, the, it look, is it like blue and pinky? No, it's, no, it's like a green, like a, like almost like a opaque jade green. So basically what's happening. I think it's the same pen. Maybe the same pen. Okay. It's kind of like milky colored. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's it. Um, That's more like. That's different, more different than the things I already have, like with the glitter and the sparkles and things That's like that. That's what I was going to say. Different. I like that Goulet one, but I'm literally using a pen today that reminds me of it, you know? Yeah, but um, that Goulet one, you're they're going to sell literally every one of those without issue. Fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah, yeah. it's just, it's gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous. everything so, that's good about those kinds of pens. Exactly right. Know? Exactly right. So a lot of the, the I'm only speaking from the U.S. market because that's really kind of all I pay attention to. Even though I should pay attention wider, you may obviously pay attention some to Japan. But seeing the smaller or the just the traditional retailers in the U.S. getting their store exclusive sailors, they're coming fast and furious again. So um, the the floodgates have definitely opened, and we're going to talk a little bit. I'll have a little bit of sailor commentary later in this episode. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're um, they're cool. They're cool, man. I like them. So Lamy, keep going. Yep. Let's get to let's go from one percent to five percent. I'm not going to push you hard. I'm not going to yeah. push you hard. But let's do a give me more. give me something. Make me the blue one. Make me the blue vista. That's what I want to see next. Mm. You do the blue balloon. The Lamy balloon in blue is one of the best looking pens the blue I've ever owned. The blue loon. Blue loon. It just it Lamy just happened balloon, to be such a good pen. <laughs> yeah. Right. It happened to be no, it's one of the worst pens I've ever used. Okay. Except except aesthetically, it's beautiful. Well, I, don't, I don't agree. I like the balloon. Mm. Anyway, Brad. Anyway. You want special pens, huh? <laughs> I do. Brad, you want some special pens? I'm a little excited, Mike. All right, let me excited. tell you about... I'm a little uh, scared. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about something exciting. This episode is brought to you by the Canalea Penco, and today we are very excited to be able to tell you something brand new that Canalea has been working on. It is the Kai Huli Collection. Now, Brad, come on a journey with me, all right? Okay, I'm ready. I want you to close your eyes, mm-hmm. and I want you to imagine a beautiful Hawaiian beach. With, and you can see the waves crashing against the shore, right? The waves come in, they pull back out. Now, every time this happens, especially in the evening, especially when the tides have, have, have reduced in the morning, every time the waves come in and pull back out, new treasures are left on the, on the shore of the beach, right? So you can mm-hmm. just see like the, the water's brought stuff in, the water leaves, and the treasures have been left behind. In Hawaiian, kaihuli means, it's a quote of a sea that dashes and recedes. That's what it means, kaihuli. And that describes this phenomenon, the waves coming in, the waves going out. And you may be asking me, Mike, what on earth has this got to do with Canalea? <laughs> this, is, 
this is like my sleep meditation thing at night. I'm really enjoying this. You can thing. open your eyes again now if you want. Oh, okay, thank you. Because I'm going to tell you about the exciting part. Mm-hmm. Kai Huli is an ever-changing collection of fountain pens that are specifically created by Kanalea to represent the varied and beautiful colors and textures of the Hawaiian Islands. And the Kai Huli collection will only be available at pen shows. These fountain pens cannot be ordered through the Kanalea website. It is something you have to be there to see for yourself in person. So the inspiration of this is Carol and Hugh, were they wanted to create the Kaihuli Collection because they love the fun and mystery of dawn walks along the beach in Hawaii, with the fun of finding the mysteries that were left on the sand overnight, right, from the waves coming in and out. And it's along with the mystery of what's going to be on the beach tomorrow. So every morning of a pen show, attendees can stop by Kanalea's tables to see the assortment of Kaihuli pens that the tide has brought in overnight. You know, I was thinking about this. I don't know the answers to these questions, but mm-hmm. I imagine the table decoration <laughs> for Kai Huli is going mm-hmm. to be amazing, right? Because yeah. Kanalea have the best looking tables at a pen show because they put a lot of effort in. And I, I am very intrigued to see pictures of how these pens will be presented. True. Because I know, I know like, like Carol and Hugh, they're going to go next level. I have no doubt about it. Yeah, I am really excited. This obviously, I I look at it in businessy wise. Like, I can't mm-hmm. help it. Like, it's really smart, right? So it's clever. Um, so, so the way because, they branded this is so smart. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. it's one of their best ideas that they've had so far. Right, like, and other pin so companies clever. do similar things, right? Yep. To where they have sh- like show exclusives, and you know, you got to be at the show to pick things up. Uh, at and canalea given the fact that they go to like four or five pin shows a year to have just like a batch of kind of hey this is what we're going to have at this show and it's going to be in this special grouping and you can only get them at the show i I just think it's i just think it's not only it's smart i think it's just you know that's the business side of me but you know i love the pins and i can't wait to see like what they have like it's going to be a problem right i'm just going to have to purposefully not go (laughs) not go over there um because i will leave with something that's just the way it works um around the canalea table for me yeah it's just i mean i think this is fantastic so uh kaihulu pens like other canalea pens are one-of-a-kind creations but they are just a little bit more special they're all enclosed of a black. They're all enclosed within a black walnut keepsake box, along with the inspirational photo insert, and they're adorned with Canalea's precious metal hibiscus medallion. The pens start at three hundred and ninety-five dollars of a Yowo number no. six steel nib, so that's like the standard pricing for these pens. Uh, the nibs are available from extra fine to one point one millimeter stub, but they also have the additional eighteen karat gold pen uh, nibs that you can add to these pens. And as with all Canalea pens, they will be smoothed and tuned by Hugh to write beautifully while at the show. So you can hang out with him while he does that for you, which is wonderful. He does a really good job, by the way. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes like when you get that done blindly, like if you order a pen and it gets tuned and smooth, maybe it doesn't fit like your handwriting. But Hugh's standard work on the nibs that I get from him, I get extra fine gold nibs. They're always just like perfect for me. Um, and you know, is, you know, not always they the will case. take the time, right? Like if yeah, you, yeah, yeah. if you want it, like they give it to you, like try it out, and and they'll work with you to make sure that it's just right. Exactly, so. it's not like okay, this is what I do. Here you uh-huh. go. It's like no, how is this for you? And let's get it perfect. So yeah, I appreciate that. So I'm sure that every pen addict is screaming at their podcast app. Where can mm-hmm. I get them? So Kai Huli will first appear this month at the St. Louis Pen Show from June 24 to 26. St. Louis. Right? Damn it. Did you hear me laughing? No, because I get in my head about this. I've been thinking about this for two days. Like, say it correctly. It's spelt Louis, but for some reason we call it Louis. That is awesome. That was so good. St. Louis Pen Show. Just spell it L E W I S if you want to call it Louis. Right? It's Louis. Kai Huli will first appear this month at the St. Louis Pen Show from June 24th to 26th. So you'll first find them. Then at the DC Pen Show from August 5th to 7th. And then at the San Francisco Pen Show from August 25th to 27th. So they're going to be at the St. Louis, DC, and San Francisco Pen Shows. That's where you will be able to see the Kai Huli collection. I cannot wait to see pictures of this. Yep. I'm very I'm anxious super to see what excited, they come up with. And I can't wait to see this uh, pen show myself sometime in the future. For all the previews that you and I get, 
they don't show us anything until it's like actually live. Mm-hmm. Usually, like we get might get an early look at the pins, but like I haven't, they haven't sh- said, "Hey, here's a no. batch of these pins that's going to be available in St. Louis." I have no idea. Yeah, but uh, or St. Louis, yeah, or no. St. Louis. Either one. It's the, it's the, um, it's the pin show in the upside down, um, is where St. Louis is, and that's a different set of pins they're going to have at that one. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, because it's like the thing that annoys me. <laughs> This is <laughs> right because we have Prince Louis, right? Mm-hmm. Prince Louis of Cambridge, and it's spelt like this, mm-hmm. right? So, like in my mm-hmm. mind, anyway. Uh, thank you so much to Canalea for their support of this show. You can check out this. Uh, you can check out Canalea's whole offering and keep up with all their latest announcements, all the shows that they're going to be at, etc. By going mm-hmm. to CanaleaPenco.com. That is CanaleaPenco.com. And uh, thanks for the support of the show. I'm sorry yes. that it went off the rails in the middle. <laughs> Send us your pictures from uh, the St. Louis Pin Show uh, and what <sighs> they're offering at the... Why have you yeah. got to bully me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be looking forward to watching uh, Sir Louis Hamilton race in Montreal this weekend. But he doesn't spell it that way. <laughs> he spells it how it should be spelled. If you want to call it Louis, right? <laughs> It's like America just takes every... Forget it. No, it's fine. Yeah. Forget it. Forget it. You're not going to get on. any disagreement. You're not going to get any disagreement from me. I just think it's fine. Yeah, All I right, get Mike. disagreement from other people and I just can't be... True, true, true. Um, let's talk about skulls on a stick, Mike. Skulls on the... <laughs> skulls in the pen. Graphon Faber-Castell 2022 Pen of the Year Aztecs. I never thought we would be the, hey, let's talk about the Graphon Faber-Castell Pen of the Year every year. But they do such an interesting job every year, including putting abs on pens, which is one of the greatest uh, podcast bits podcast bits we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I feel like we have to discuss the Pen of the Year each year because they, they actually do a really good job, even though they're like ridiculously expensive and like not for us and, and all of these things. When I put this link in the show notes, I was anxious to get you looking at this pen. So I want mm. you to tell me what you think about Aztecs. The uh, skulls are the wrong way around. <laughs> the skulls are the wrong way around. So they're... The the chin is pointing away from the paper when you're writing with the nib. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it should. this should be an experience tailored for the owner of the pen. Mm-hmm. And so that would tell me that it should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. But they've done it as like, so it looks best in photography where you'd put the skulls <laughs> facing towards the cap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to look. I, I need to audit some of my pins that have like directional artwork. I'm not sure what most of them do. I, don't, I, gotta... I think most of the time it would be like this. So like it looks best when it's capped, right? Mm-hmm. But I think for $6,400... <laughs> Right, you want a different skull orientation. Best for me when I'm writing with it. (laughs) Um, I will say, compared compared to previous editions, this one is not as exciting for me. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to see some color on this pen. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just on the finial. They have turquoise in the finial, but not anywhere else. I would like to. I would like the body of this pen to have a little bit more color on it. I think. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been more more fun. See, I think this is the best one that I recall seeing. It's like I could see myself using this pen. I will never own this pen. It's sixty four hundred dollars. Right. Um, this is and and it's also gigantic. Like I would not yeah, like huge. the size of it. Um, but like I could see myself using this pen. It. I think the grip section is the biggest question because it's literal obsidian. It's yeah. not obsidian like I'm in looking, color. Like, like I've just googled the term Aztec art because I'm a philistine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's so much color. Sure. In a lot oh, of this yeah. artwork that like without a doubt which which is when i when they when they said it like i would imagine that but and i know that they've added in the turquoise there's a lot of turquoise here and i think a lot mm-hmm. of it was maybe bronze and it's like colored over time right it's patina is, is it bronze sure. that patinas to that turquoise color it is yeah uh, so, copper excuse copper. me excuse me copper copper thank you so i'm sure that's why they put that in there as well like mm-hmm. if not it's just that it was you know because it was the was it the bronze age uh, that was uh, the Homo sapiens. Oh, man, I'm all over the place today, Visconti. right? I should oh, not be trusting anything my brain is telling me right now. Well, what well, you should also know is the skulls represent sacrifices to the gods. So yeah. it's a little bit of a dark, <laughs> dark idea of a pen. Yeah, like, but still. Like 
you know, that's that's what that's how the Aztecs rolled. <laughs> like, I would have liked like, a little oh. bit more color, personally, in this pen. Okay. I think yeah. I think it's okay. a bit bit drab. But yeah, see, beautiful, I'm not, but yeah. a bit drab. Yeah, I I do think I would have a, I would, I would actually like to hold this pen and feel what the section is like, having like a literal rock polished rock for the section i'm not sure i would get on with that right like it looks cool but is that the like i mean i get there they're, they're trying to go all out in you know this limited edition pen pen of the year and uh i don't know i think it's cool you know they've done some cool ones in, in the past um and i i don't know this one's kind of my jam um if i was like an outrageously expensive pen user <laughs> i would consider this but like it, it's totally not my not my jam. I, I think I would dislike the, just the size of it, but for what Faber-Castell does, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. So um, maybe I'll see one in person at uh, at the San Francisco Pen Show. If I do, I'll get some photographs uh, with it, and then I'll get my head lopped off and put on a stick so we can have Good some man. skull walls. All right. <clears throat> Another release while you were uh, gone Mike platinum 10th anniversary decades fountain pen I wanted to talk about this one for I a, don't, a lot of different reasons I don't understand this and I really don't like the way it looks okay so you'll you'll be happy to know I'm I'm mostly on board with you yeah that number one it is confusing it's confusing how they presented this so they're honoring Platinum is honoring the 10th anniversary of the 3776 Century model, which is the pen model that, you know, I rave about, we all know and love, that has comes in like the standard colors and it's also the the 3776 Century is the model that they do, you know, like did like the Kumpu and the the Shiyun and and the the Lilas and all those pretty colors in, right? So it's that model, so they're celebrating 10 years of that by launching a pen 11 years later. That's another issue. Uh, 12, maybe. Uh, but, you know, that's neither here or there. But to celebrate these last 10 years of the Century model, they've thrown it all the way back to 1978 when the first 3776 period came in. Like, there wasn't a 3776 Century at the time. So they're celebrating this decade of pens by making by hearkening back to a design of a pen from 1978 that's not related to these 10 years of the century. No, man. I don't... I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening anymore. You've and to lost, cap it off... A long time ago. <laughs> and to cap it off, they have brought in several different design elements into one pen, which they've done before, which I'll speak about in a minute. So they've combined like the gathered sections and the the finial design of different pens and the clip design like of the modern pen. And it's really just kind of this like ad hoc piecing together of a pen that I I I kinda like it. Like I'm really in between. I don't dislike it. I really hate the finial on the top. That's I really my, dislike it. I think it's if, ugly. Yeah, if they did something different on there, or if they did the the rounded top like the modern century model of the thirty seven seventy six, I'd like it even more. I'd like the gathered, you know, parts, you know. But we all came to know and love the century model because it was bold and different, aside from being like super high quality, right? Yeah. But they they stood out, you know, on your desk. And like the gathered pieces, like I I like that in the pens, but I don't know. This just this is just a mishmash of parts that's telling multiple stories, and they're trying to pass it off as a singular story. And we haven't even got to the nib yet. The nib is the real kind of, for lack of a better term, star of the show. They redid the nib shape to kind of they took the edges off, like the wide shoulders of the century nibs and they narrowed them down a little bit. So it's kind of a longer pointier front end of the nib, maybe fractionally longer tines to give the, the nib a little bit more bounce, but not a ton. Like there's a chart in a PDF that says, okay, this you'll get it. It's not as soft as their soft, fine nibs, but it's not as firm as their standard nibs. So it's kind of in between this whole pin is in between, right? Mm. And that's generally not a good place to be. And I 
don't know how well like this is going to do, right? Like when you see the the limited edition 3776 centuries, even though they were part of a different series. Um you know, well, what's the name of that series? I'm blanking now. Um here I got the name right here. The uh, uh one of the series was called the the Shunke series, and they had the Lake series, but they used that as the platform, right? The 3776 platform. Yeah. Uh, the Century platform as like the baseline for this pen. And this is not what I think of when I think of a 3776. And it's just this weird kind of middle ground that where none of it, almost none of it works together. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting to bring up. I'll be interested to see what they do with this nib. If this is just a one-off nib shape or if this is going to be a change in the nib shape. Um, So I don't know. I'm going to talk about uh, Tokyo Inklings in the podcast later. But I know uh, CY and Jacob were discussing like the nib is like it actually probably uses less gold and the price of gold is, you know, we're going to talk about some price increases later. Mm. Um, you know, that's may- maybe a factor that the nib design changes a little bit. And this is the introduction to that. But in overall, I think the the pen certainly leaves a lot to be desired. Um, it reminded me a little bit, not in style, but an idea of the Kinshu, which is the the last of the that Shunke series where the Kumpu was in, the Shiyun was in, and a bunch of the really pretty popular limited edition pins were, where they made this, okay, here's the last in the series. So this is the fifth, fifth release of this 3776 model. And we're going to take parts of all the other ones and kind of display it in the acrylic design of this one pin, it's going to have like an amalgamation of all the parts of the previous pins. And guess what? It's still available like two years later, right? Mm. Where all the other pins sold out immediately. And I think the, the decades is going to be right in the same boat as this Kenshu. Um, the Kenshu also got hit with the biggest price increase. Um, you know, that's when the Kenshu makes me raisiners. feel uncomfortable to look mm-hmm. at. Like it mm-hmm. does something that to me that I don't, I don't like the look of it. I don't know why. Right. Right. So, yeah, like it did not go over well, uh, you know, with, you know, publicly like the demand for it. It kind of fell flat. And I, I have a feeling the decades is going to be right there with it. Like it's just not enough. Right. Like super collectors. Sure. You know, platinum, you know, people that buy everything platinum. Sure. But like, I don't know. I, I don't hate it. But man, they're just not telling a story I'm getting on with at all here with that pen. So fair enough. Yep, yep. All right, Mike. Yes. What else can go better with pens than coffee? It's not ink, it's oh. not paper, Mike. It's coffee. Tell me about Trade Coffee. This episode is brought to you by Trade. Let me tell you right now, coffee is helping me. It's giving me life. And it does most days, but especially when I'm jet lagged like this, coffee gives me life. And <laughs> I also enjoy it. Like I sat down this morning, took my first sip of coffee, and I was like, yep, that's it. That's what I needed for the day. And when you become a Trade Coffee customer, you can enjoy knowing you have the freshest, best-tasting coffee you've ever made at home. And the coffee you'll be drinking will be from the U.S.'s best independent craft roasters, which helps those small businesses out a lot too. Hey, Brad, the other day, I was when I was in San Francisco, I was taking a walk on one of my walks, and I saw a roaster that I named, I think his name was Ritual. And mm-hmm. I was like, I know that oh, logo. Absolutely. I was like, oh, <laughs> I got to try coffee from them. So I thought that was really fun. I was like, oh, I recommend those guys. So the, the Trades Coffee team, they taste have thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every single day. Everyone has that one coffee that they're going to love and Trade's going to help you find it. Then Trade is so incredibly confident they're going to match you right first time that if for any reason they don't, just give them your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send out a brand new bag for free so you know you're going to be looked after. It takes just answering a couple of questions from their wonderful quiz to get your own personalized variety of coffee delivered fresh to you as often as you like. Trade have delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee and have more than 750,000 positive reviews. And I I will give one of those positive reviews. I love Trade Coffee. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash penaddict. That is more than 40 cups of coffee for free. 
Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash penaddict and let trade find you a coffee you're going to love. One last time, that is drinktrade.com slash penaddict for $30 off. And don't forget about Father's Day coming up. A trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lover in your life. Our thanks to Trade for their support of this show and Relay FM. Awesome. I have just finished off this cup, and there will be another cup at least after this, Mike, because we started early today. We started mm. early. We have a lot to catch up on, though, like the aforementioned uh, Tokyo Inklings podcast. I wanted to make sure to give them a shout-out for having um, Frank from Narwhal Pins on a recent episode. This was episode 58. Um, they had a really good conversation with Frank, um, essentially just like the entire entire episode, you know, one talking about um, Narwhal, how Narwhal got started. It was really interesting to hear some of the, like the business creation stuff that um, you know Frank had gone through because Narwhal is a relatively new company, um, especially you know for us in in the fountain pen world. We've only started hearing about them what a couple years ago, mm. and um, you know all the things that he's gone through, just like getting things done, um, how the manufacturing process works, what is you know what designs are unique to Narwhal, you know, how, like, he really, like, didn't hold back on the information, you know, like, what is designed in-house, we know what is, you know, off-the-shelf type of stuff, and it's it's pretty much all in-house. It was really good. good. They had a really great, you know, discussion around designs, um, Frank and um, CY and Jacob, and they, of course, covered some of the Twisby um, kerfuffle that has been going on, and I thought Frank handled the conversation exceptionally well. And, you know, they put, you know, Jacob and CY put very fair questions to him and the questions that I hope I would ask as well. And Frank was like, I thought his his answers just made me think that, like, it was just like a complete blindsided thing to me. And, like, I've never thought, I've seen, like, from the initial comparison photos, I never thought there, there was a copy because the measurements were different, right? The whole idea was like, hey, you stole the piston, like, you know basically right off the shelf um of the of the Twisby and put it in our narwhal pins and that's just physically not the case, right? Mm. The parts aren't interchangeable and it's always been that way. So, you know, Frank's looking into, you know, what routes he has to to how Twisby has handled themselves in pushing retailers around. Um so yeah, I'll be interested. Uh it's it's a it's an ongoing story and uh hopefully, you know, we'll hear from more from Frank on how it's going, and I wouldn't mind hearing from Twisby and what their mm. thought process was behind it um, as well. So I know CY and Jacob have reached out to Twisby with uh, you know, no effect yet, but um, it's uh, it was a great know, conversation. Mm-hmm. Has have uh, any retailers actually stopped stocking novel pens? Retailers have picked sides. Yes. They have. So that there, oh, yeah, some both, retailers have chosen one, some retailers have chosen the other. Correct. That's I mean, that's good to hear at least that yeah, they haven't I mean, been completely pushed out. And look, I mean, every, more retailers are gonna choose Twisby, right? Just yes. because they're older, more established, and popular. Right? I was gonna say popular is the most likely thing. Popular but. is the most popular and look and like narwhal, like some people don't like Twisby for certain reasons and some people don't like narwhal pins for certain reasons, right? There's like it's you know, there's different different things that fit different writing styles better about each pen, and then putting the retailers in between them. Um, you know, some of them have chosen. You know, hey, this is the most popular. This is what our customers want, so we're mm-hmm. sticking with this. And like, I hate that they're having to make that decision. Right, that's the whole problem. Mm. So, so hopefully, we get some movement in this. I don't like. I don't think. Okay, we're done, and people chose sides. I think there will be continued. Fallout's not the right term, but there will, there will be continued discussions around this, and I hope it gets back to where retailers aren't put in this position, and whether it's a, a legally valid position or not, mm. you know, Twisby just doesn't have to fill orders if they see you carrying Narwhal, and that can be their stance, but that doesn't mean it's like a like a a, a good business idea or a good representation of the company and, and that's what you want to be. So we'll see long way from uh, being done. Yeah. Second podcast shout out. I want to give uh, to the pin boy Roy podcast. Um, they had Kate from Benu pen online and I mean, on the, on the recent episode of the podcast, we'll have a link in the show notes to all these. I, I implore you to go listen to both these episodes. If you're not already listened to the podcast, subscribe to those podcasts. And uh, they, they do a really, really great job. And 
um, Kate and I have exchanged emails during their transition from uh, moving out of Russia uh, during the start of uh, Russia's uh, war against Ukraine um, because Benupin and, and all the employees and the owners of Benupin do not support that war. And so they moved to Armenia and I can't imagine the challenges of like literally moving like manufacturing facilities because Benu makes their own pens, which is something, a great discussion that, that Kate had um, with Roy and Tom on the, uh, on the podcast. They, they make everything. So like they're having to move some machines, but like some of it's stuck in customs and they can't get them out of Russia into Armenian. And are they going to have to buy new equipment that fills the gap of these machines that they can't get, you know, to, to their new facility. So yeah. they are up and running with most everything that they have to make, make pens. Their online storefront is back open again. Um, Kate seemed pretty positive, I will say, in her conversations that they're very happy with the move despite the despite having to do it in the first place, like in the the issues that go along with that and how just maddening I'm sure that was. So really go check that out. It was a great uh just well-rounded conversation. One of the things when I went to um um, the Penny's website, which I never noticed before. I, I'm always looking at the pins, right? Because they're just really wild. They talk about their manufacturing process and how they come up with all the strange colors and strange designs and how they make it. So if you want to know how Bennu pins get made, go listen. But there is a page on Bennu's website. It's called Design and Production. I'll yeah. put a link in the show notes to this. It actually takes you step by step. It's like, you know, it's got a bunch of panels on the page and like panel one, you know, it just how the design starts and two all the way down. I don't know. There's like 13 or 14 different panels. It goes through the entire process, the Bennu process of how they make their pens. So it was really cool um, to, to see that. The biggest takeaway I had, Mike, just about Bennu in general, all their materials are made in-house. So all that wild material, they're not ordering from somewhere else. They're making all that, which wow. kind of makes sense, right? Because they're so unique. But those are those are in-house uh, materials. And uh, that's what Kate uh, mentioned on the podcast. And uh, I thought that was really, really cool and fun information. So there you go. Go check them out. They got some new, um, uh, some hand-painted models um, on on some of their, um, some of their pins. So mm. the, that they've, that they have added to what they normally do. So they're just keep ramping it up and I'm glad to see them back up and running and getting the ball rolling again on getting more inventory. So shout out to Kate and shout out to Roy and Tom at the Pinboy at the Pendertainment podcast for uh for putting that out there and getting that review done. It was great. Last little nugget, mm-hmm. Mike, mm-hmm. and maybe this can roll into our third sponsor. Did you see the Opus 88 Coloro Demo 2020U Color 2022 Color of the Year Fountain Pen. Yep. Did, like, did this cross your eyes? What did you think when you saw this pen? I really like it. Why? Because I, don't I do know. too. I cannot it take should, my eyes off this pen. It's ugly, but I love it. <laughs> it is awesome. I stare at this pen constantly. I will not own this pen, right? Because it is too big for me. It's not the size of pen that I like. Right. I cannot take my eyes off this pen and I'm glad you you feel the same way. Not yeah. that, you know, we need each other's validation, and, but I, I don't I, get it. The very Perry is is really is a really popular color. Like I know it's the yes. like color of the year, but I've been seeing it on a lot of keyboard products as well. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And this isn't always the case with the Pantone color of the year that like it seems to catch on in the way that this one seems to have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that it shouldn't work the purple and red, <laughs> but it yeah. does. Yeah. And the red is ebonite as well. So it's a little oh. bit of a different take on their acrylics, plastics that they normally use. It's really um, good looking. I, yeah, I cannot take my eyes off of this pen. And I wanted to point it out for nothing other than that. It is just the strangest design that shouldn't work Mm -hmm. and i think it's just about perfect right even like the black clip right there's not a um you know it's not a silver clip there's a black clip on the outside because i think you know when the pen is capped you know you can see like the the darkness on of the different hardware on the inside from the from the eyedropper post in there. Um, yeah, it's just wild. I, I, I don't get, I don't understand why I like this so much. And you know, it's some psychological test, I think, but, um, it's great. 
Um, I would love to see one in person again. Like I, I don't really have any interest but in buying it's, it because it's a physically it large pen. Is it is. It really is. Okay. Yeah, I have. I've had some of these uh, or pass pass through my hands before. Right. It's just too big of me. That's why I chose to do the Halo okay. model. It's a much smaller model uh, for the, so the this isn't version. something that I should buy without seeing it. That's what you're telling me. <sighs> I mean, it's. I'm trying to think, is it bigger than a Canalea pen? It's close. Like, the Canalea pens are, like, at my maximum. Yeah, right? okay, that's not going to work for me. Like, it's at, it's at least that size. Okay. So, I'd say that's kind of the, the, the silhouette of it, but, like, I know how the Canaleas fit because I've been able to use them a bunch, and they fit my hands well, but that's, like, a maximum size for me. It's at least that size. Okay. Um, but they, they have a number six nibs, you know, because it is a bigger pen. Like, the, the pen that I made, the Halo, has a number five nib, right, just because it's smaller. And it fits my hand better, so yeah, I have my I have um, limits on how big of a pen I can use regularly, and this one I think would blow that out of the water. But God, it's stunning! <laughs> it's stunning. All right, this episode is also brought to you by our friends at Pen Chalet. Actually, that's where that pen is. You can mm-hmm. buy that pen at Pen Chalet, that Opus pen. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. uh, Pen Chalet, they have the pens that you're looking for. They have the products you need. They have the things you didn't even know you wanted. They got it all over at Pen Chalet. And they have fast and reliable customer service. They have new styles of pens that they're adding every month, along with discounts as well on products that they have. You can always go there and find new stuff over at Pen Chalet. They have, as well as pens, and you know, they have rollerballs and mechanical pencils, the whole thing, fountain pens, all of it. They also have a ton of accessories. Maybe you need a new carrying case. Maybe you want some refills, some inks, some fountain pen converters, whatever you're looking for, Pen Chalet have got it. They have low prices on high quality products and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Pen Chalet ship internationally with great shipping rates, but also if you're in the US, free shipping on orders over $50. So go right now to penchalet.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password Pen Addict for this week's special offer and to get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time at Pen Chalet. You're not going to believe this. What? <laughs> this is not planned. Okay. Um, but the Platinum 3776 Kinshu that oh. we mentioned, <laughs> that I mentioned that they can't sell, like there, it was a referendum on the design, right? That yeah. this pen didn't blow out. It's at a price that makes it worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's an incredibly good price. <laughs> it's at a price that's different. <laughs> but like, again, that's... You know, I'm not, no one is saying like this is a bad design, but I'm saying they, Platinum didn't do a good enough job in explaining this pen to, to make it fly off the shelves like mm-hmm. other pens previously. Now, if you're in the market for a Platinum, I'd be hard pressed to tell you to not buy this at this price. Yep. That is an incredible um, price. Yeah, right. So like you can have two different stories when you when you know the price is full and the price is very discounted like this to to where it's essentially the same. At, it's getting close to like the stock 3776 levels, which yep. is just an astronomical discount. So yep. really really cool. Um unplanned, <laughs> of course, like I had no idea um that this was in the list cuz I don't pull up the list until we're live. That's part mm-hmm. of the deal here. Uh the Joya uh, pins. I have not tried any of these. I know they're getting good reviews. There's also a really nice, um, the Alaria fountain pen uh, is on here at a very nice price. I haven't tried those yet. Um, so that's something to look at. And then if you, you keep going down, I'm going to have to try a Ranga pen one day. Um, they're an Indian ebonite uh, pen manufacturer that are starting to come into the retail market. Like they've been around for years, but um, they haven't been just widely accessible yet. And this is, and also again, they're on that big pen size, you know, the Opus 88 um, demo size and the, you know, the Canalea size. So I do have my limits. This is one of the smaller models and this is what I'm looking for. I'm hoping to actually test one of these at the San Francisco pen show and see what I can find because I know there'll be um, retailers that are carrying these pens. So yeah, that's something I want to test out, but this is a really, really good price um, to, to try out a pen like this. So yeah, great stuff. P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and use the password PENADDICT for this week's special offer and to get 10% off anything at any time at Pen Chalet. Our thanks to Pen Chalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So I want to keep the Pen Chalet talk going, but All not right. 
necessarily because they sponsor the show. Okay. I I wanted to put this in there regardless, and I would have done it for any store um, that that does something like this. I don't follow all the store blogs, but sometimes an article um, that stores produce come across my feed because they're so engaging and it's not just, Hey, we got this new product. It's, you know, the hows and whys and the behind the scenes stuff. So this, this post is titled typical behavior of a dedicated fountain pen fan, a peak at 2022 quarter one sales. Hmm. If you're a retailer and you're telling me a peak at 2022 quarter one sales, I'm in like, I, I'm just I'm going to read that article. I know you're not going to tell me dollars and cents, but maybe I'm going to gain some insight. So even more so with this post is what um, Pinchalay did is they created this huge infographic that is just really well done, really really smart, and it talks about hey each month what was the best selling pen, you know over the first quarter what was the brand that was most popular. Where do most of our orders come from? You know, they're a U.S.-based company. Which U.S. state, you know, was responsible for the most of our orders? Which state spent the most money? Which isn't always, you know, the same as the most orders. And, you know, it's got staff picks and new brands and products, right? Like, I just think it's super smart to let people into your business to a degree, right? You don't have to tell them dollars and cents and things like that. But if you can say, hey, for the first quarter of 2022 almost one out of every 10 pins we sold was a lami that's cool like that i cool. enjoy that information right for march the most pop the the pin we sold the most of was the caveco collector's iridescent pearl right huh. so that was actually two months in a row february that was the most march. february and march right that's cool information um you know california was there um biggest um uh, spender and and hmm. most popular state that okay you go yeah obviously i mean california huge population you know of course it's going to skew that way so all the big states um generally you know are going to be at the top of those lists so like that's cool information and then you get you know then you get some of the personal tit uh tidbits about you know hey what does um Laney from the customer service department, what's their favorite pen? Oh, the Narwhal original, right? Like that's just random, like little fun tidbits, but I like this information. Like I thought it was really cool. It's put together really well. So I wanted to point that out regardless of, of them being a longtime sponsor. I would have shouted out any company that puts together a, a post like this and gives a peek behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, of, of the business. And I think that's just engaging for the customers. Customers see that and go, yeah, oh yeah, these people get it. They're like willing to share some of the, some of the nuts and bolts businessy stuff with us and trust us with that information. Yep. And um, I, I think it's a really cool way to be. That's the way I've always tried to present myself and the way I talk about business and, and things like that, just being very open. Um, and you, you don't have to talk about money or profit margins. You just have to say, hey, this is really popular or hey, this has been really hard, you know, things like that. And uh, people, um, you can, customers and, and followers really, um, you know, take that stuff to heart. And I think it's a, an enjoyable experience. So shout out to them for that infographic. It was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I like this. I would never have assumed the Caveco to be the number one two months in a row. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I don't. I don't but, know what it. I don't know what my option would have been. Where like how we can? It's possible to be blindsided like this. Like this is something that you don't like, so you kind of just on well, that something doesn't excite you that much. Mm -hmm. but it still excites other people. But the reason it doesn't excite us that much is we feel like we've seen it before. Mm -hmm. where obviously that's not the case for everyone. Right. Where like, if this was the first time we'd seen a pen like that, I'd be like, wow. You know? Yep. All right, Brad, let's hit a couple of us TPA before we're done today. First one comes from Andrew. We hear that the fountain pen community is amazing. Why is it amazing? And how does it compare to other online communities? Woof. I don't know if I can compare, right? That's a little bit harder. Like I, I guess I can kind of compare like sitting on the edges mm -hmm. of other communities that I barely follow, like the gaming community. Like I don't, I've kind of like wound down like a lot of my game playing, but I still follow a lot of the game communities and like the, it's like, no, like <laughs> there's a lot of that I don't want to be a part of. Right. But like, there's good, like gaming does good. Like there's a big push for that and having, you know, the universal support for 
for everyone and just the positive attitudes and the openness of the communities that you know you see in a, the best parts of those communities you see in the fountain pen community I don't want to say more universally but because I'm like intricately tied in. I see more about the community that I'm in. Like anyone who's part knee deep in a community obviously has bias towards that community, right? And they're, you know, a little bit of the blinders on. But the fact that the fountain pen community is so willing to help other people, not just in finding their first fountain pen or picking out the best ink for their pen but with life <laughs> you know like it transcends across the thing that we're here for into more personal aspects that i have found to be the most interesting thing from all of my years being part of this community that it translates to friendship and again, I'm biased because I'm part of this community more than I've seen in other communities, right? Like we have all, like we could have all these different online communities. Do those things translate past the thing that you're there for? And in the fountain pen community, I think it does a lot. And I think that's very telling of the people in this community and why I praise it so much just as, you know, the umbrella word community because it goes beyond the thing that we're here for, right? And I think that's just where you see the most healthy communities when it when you can get past, hey, the fountain pens brought us together, mm-hmm. right? But now we're friends and we can talk about our families and we can talk about our struggles and we can talk about the positive things and, you know, all these other things. So yeah, that's I don't know if I've done the question justice, but like I that's the way I feel just about the community as a whole. I think that compared to, say, the keyboard community, because, like, mm-hmm. it's the one that I'm maybe most familiar with, it has all of this stuff that you're mm-hmm. mentioning, mm-hmm. like people being very supportive for each other and, and also, like, very helpful to new people coming in. The problem, though, is that there is also, like, it's broken into mainstream a little bit more, and mm-hmm. so there ends up being, like, quite a bit of toxicity in the community as well right where like there's a combination of people buying fake and clone products Mm -hmm. and like that being a thing and there being a lot of debate around that and then like a lot of hate thrown at people like the artists and designers who are selling the expensive products like right in a way that i don't really see in pens so much Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in the pen community like there doesn't seem to be at least i haven't come across it um and i think it's because things like the the subreddits aren't as big and stuff like that so right right we're never the fountain pen community i, I say we like i'm just you know i'm just another person in the community but mm. we're never going to be the big like crossover into the mainstream community right yeah. like we're going to keep growing, keep getting bigger, but we are capped like just by nature, right? Yep. It's just it's just that way. It's not going to be like a universal type community. So I got that means okay in a that we're sheltered way. a little bit. But like <laughs> that one way. of the things that's hap- that happens in keyboards is there's a lot of young people like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's a, I think it's a lot of young people that haven't yet understood the ramifications of their actions. <laughs> right, you know? right. Um and and so, like, that's when things get can get a bit weird sometimes. Yeah. And what I've seen when that happens in our community is, God, I hate this term, that the elders, <laughs> the people who have been around, are really open to giving newcomers a pass if they're open to listening, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, hey, that's not how we do it around here and not in a, like, not in a like we're kicking you out kind of way, but in a like, hey, let's like this is a great community. Let me share with you why and why this thing that you've done it doesn't really work well here. And if you're going to continue, you're you're going to have a bad time. But you know, here's you know ways we can help you. And um, I've seen it. I've seen people turn on a dime um, when they're presented with a conversation like that, um, which is is really great. You know, to to see and you know not 
every community I don't think has that capability to approach people with like grace and openness until they've proven that they don't deserve it anymore. <laughs> so yeah, deep stuff, deep stuff. But no, I am, I'm just super proud of the community as a whole. And I'm glad to be a little tiny part of it. And um, I hope to just keep uh, preaching the positivity of it. Mariska asks, do you know any correction tape that is ink friendly? Fountain pen ink almost always <sighs> smears on it. Or what kind of pen would be compatible to write on top of correction tape? If not so, correction tape, oh. <laughs> is there anything out there that is similar <laughs> to a whiteout or more ink friendly, maybe a liquid whiteout that is less stinky than Tipex? Yeah. It's the correction tape problem, not the pen problem, right? Like the way... We're not talking about a washi tape here. We're not talking about a tape that you're going to put down to purposefully write notes on. You're going to we're talking about things to correct mistakes, correction tape, right? Mm -hmm. And that stuff is generally manufactured kind of only for ballpoints to work on. Um you can get some like gel and rollerball, but any water-based ink on a correction tape, which includes fountain pen ink, you're just going to have a bad time. Like that, if anyone out there has a positive correction tape experience, please let me know. That's not a like ballpoint's fine, but maybe you haven't written with a ballpoint, you know, up until that point, and you need a correction tape. Well, you're not going to drop a ballpoint ink right in the middle of whatever you're writing. Um, so you know, if there is something like this, I we're not talking about washi writable washi tape here, right? Where there's washi tape that you can put down and write on, like that's purposely done and it's made different and it works with water-based pens. Correction tape is not designed to to um, work with water-based inks. I, I just don't believe that it is, right? It's so. Um, and I'm a scratcher outer anyway. Like I'll just I'll just own my mistakes and scratch them out, or just leave the mistake in there. I'm I'm prone to typos, and sometimes eh, yeah, that word is terrible. <laughs> Let's just go with that, or we'll scratch it out. Um, but I I so I haven't really tested anything out like that because I'm not too particular. Um, and correction tape generally makes things worse, um, especially if you're trying to use it with a fountain pen. So I I hate that I don't have an answer for you, but I think it's a correction tape, um correction tape by design doesn't allow for those types of inks mm -hmm. to go on top of it after you've applied it to the page. If you would like to send in a question of your own for a future episode of The Pen Addict, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA. You can use question mark AskTPA in the RelayFM members Discord or send in an email to hello at penaddict.com. If you want to find Brad online, you can go to penaddict.com. You can go to spokedesign.com. He is penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter, and Brad streams live multiple times a week over at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Uh, I am Imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet, Trade Coffee, and the Candelaya Pen Co. for the support of this episode. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>